0: How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys, my This is Kevin from the Core Progression Podcast, brought to you by MSLU Rock. So, rock and metal, thrive. My name is Kevin, and welcome to the show, everybody. Happy, uh, what day is it? Shoot, I don't remember what day it is, but it's a good day to be alive, let me tell you that. And you guys are going to really, really enjoy this episode on a much different realm. Yes, we're stepping out of our comfort zone a little bit for this one, but before we get into that, I want to thank our sponsor, Phoenix Fitness, for sponsoring this video and podcast and audio stream of the podcast as well. Yeah, concerts, they're back. I'm going to as many as possible. I'm getting to those mosh pits, but I got to make sure that I'm able to be at every single one and that my fitness level is on point so I don't tap out halfway through the show. That I don't tap out halfway through the mosh pit and be like, oh, God, I can't do this anymore. Help me. There goes a lung. No, we don't want to have any of that. So I'm constantly in the gym. You know, I'm working out. I'm running as much as possible, biking, stairmaster, lifting a lot. And, you know, I make sure that my fitness strength game is at the top of its level and keeps getting better but i gotta have some help with that when it comes to recovery right and potentially some pre-workout stuff you know really making sure that my body is getting the most out of them that's where phoenix fitness comes in with different pre-workouts different BCLA supplements for recovery different proteins am protein taking the morning pm protein taking night, and protein take after workout which i use yes i do use their stuff as well they've been creatines, different multivitamins as well for you guys to use and really you know enjoy and match and hit your fitness goals. You can go to fnxfit.com to check out all their stuff and at checkout, use the code MSOTD to get 15% off your entire order. Remember, MSOTD, 15% off your entire order. Link in description of the podcast for that. Thank you if you exist. Now, our feature presentation, well, on a random Facebook post, I started talking about some things when it comes to doing like podcast stuff your own way. End up connecting with this woman named Marielle. She has a band called Best X formerly also of Candy Hearts as well. And she definitely has more of this like pop, pop rock, pop synth oriented style to her. Definitely not what I normally go for, but having her on the podcast was incredible talk about different things when it comes to mindsets around her song, Good at Feeling Bad, in terms of connecting with the millennial generation and its mindset, its meaning behind that, along with kind of figuring out why different areas of the United States have different pockets of fans or are like, you know, why the Midwest is really into like more of that rock and metal kind of stuff, why different areas of the country are more in a pop, you know, country, just depending upon that, we really dive deep into that, and I think you're going to enjoy this conversation, so are you guys ready? Because yes, this is a good one. Let's go! Yes! Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Court Progression Podcast. How I got connected with this artist is me just commenting on some random Facebook posts I found popped up about different things when it comes to podcasting and just like kind of being yourself when it comes to doing this sort of stuff. And all of a sudden, it starts, I started talking about, you know, this kind of things and all of a sudden, bing, bang, boom, here she is. She used to be in a band called King Arts, but now has a brand new band called Best X that she's a part of. And I'm really excited to talk to her. So please welcome Marielle. So Marielle, welcome to Core Progression Podcast.
1: Thanks for inviting me. I know that, uh, Facebook is crazy nowadays.
0: Well, I mean, ever pretty much pretty much ever since the pandemic hit, it was that was the only real way of communication was anything online between artists and fans or just like someone like myself when it comes to podcasting. I had to communicate with everyone online. So it became this much bigger, larger kind of pool of not only information but connectivity in a way.
1: I know. Um, it's also, for me, Facebook is like the main rage outlet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, what are you necessarily raging on on Facebook? Is it just like, oh my God, people.
1: <laughs> for some reason, earlier, and this is going to sound so mean, but earlier in my music career, I wanted to connect with our fans on like a very close personal level. So I added almost everybody Who friended me on Facebook until it just got to be so much I couldn't add like more people or go through all the friend requests Um, but some of those people I added whether they were like bands we played local shows with at this point that was years ago I don't remember who they are and a huge portion of those people are like anti-vaxxer science denier conspiracy theorists and all of their posts are sent like right to my main feed And it's like not my family or friends. It's like these people. Because Facebook knows I always comment on it. And I spend a good portion of every day entertaining myself by yelling, (laughs) well, in all caps, at these people who are very misinformed.
0: See, I've kind of taken like a different approach to that personally where I've seen a lot of that stuff happen on Facebook as well or Twitter, Instagram, wherever it might be. On both sides, of the opt from both people that are heavily into the vaccine, people that are heavy anti-vaxxers. And I've seen the kind of crap that goes back and forth. And I could go after it and whatever side I'm on. But I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to focus on listening to music and doing my thing. Because it's just it just depends upon what you want to do, honestly. But I can totally understand where it's just like, if it's going to be constantly coming to the top of your feet, if it's something that's like, okay, I love just going after this and just having some fun raging on Facebook, by all means, go for it.
1: I think the reason it enrages me so much is because society has two options right now. Like you can either get the vax or not. And either of those decisions would theoretically be okay if you were the type of person who did not get the vaccine, but stayed home the way that we had been locked down during the height of the pandemic, except the people who are not getting the vaccine are the same people who are going out there like it's not a problem except for you know people who like actually can't get it because of like health problems those people are like following the rules largely inside I believe but it's like sure no one's saying you have to get it but then just like stay home don't like go out to bars and cough on other people and like be out there without a mask but it's like the same overlap of people who just want to live life as normal and not get the vaccine it's like just enraging.
0: See, I, I can get that where my kind of mindset around that was a little bit different where like right now, like the vaccine has been out for about six months, maybe over six months at this point. And everyone's that is able to get it pretty much as easily had a chance to get it, especially here in the United States. I kind of look at it, whereas, especially with the organic, I mean, we're pretty much all adults here. So it's, you know, I, I'm fine with whatever decision you make, because it's your decision. It's your opinion. But you're going to have to live with the consequence of that decision. You're going to have to live with the consequence. So if like, if you don't get vaccinated, you get sick. Well, you had a chance to stop it. You still have ways that you can prevent yourself from getting it. But if you get it, then don't complain about it.
1: I am from that school of thought a little bit, but I do worry about like the children. And then I worry about how all these people, they might not be complaining if they get it, because the truth is the majority of them will probably be like, okay, after a bad flu. But It's the fact that then they could harbor this new variant that like, won't, will completely evade the vaccine. So the people who genuinely wanted to protect themselves and take those precautions, it no longer will work. And also, yeah, I worry about like the people who can't get it. Like, you know, I understand why pregnant women don't want to get it, but now they're higher risk. And these people who are like, well, my body, my choice, like it is, but they're not protecting other people around them.
0: Okay, I can start to see, kind of see some more of the opinion that you're having right now as yeah. well, and like this is kind of like some of the stuff I like to bring up in the podcast. As well, in terms of just see what happens, just because I mean, it seems like the the two of us have a little bit of like a different mindset around this. But even instead of being you know super duper hard headed like a lot of the people on Facebook that you would see, and it's just mm-hmm. like it's kind of like limp biscuit. It's my way. It's my way or the highway. I'm like, no, let's just let's let's actually listen to each other and see what each other has to say because. You never know. All of a sudden, you might know somebody that is at high risk and you might not want to you know, get them sick. So you might have a little bit of a different mindset behind taking different precautions right now. I mean, my my grandpa, he's going to be he's he's 93 years old already and he hasn't gotten the vaccine. But his whole th- his whole reasoning behind it is he's like he, I asked him, he's like, Kevin, I'm 93 years old. Your grandmother's been gone for 10 years. If I go, I go and I get to see her again sooner. So he's like, for me, it's whatever happens, happens. And I look at him like, you know what? If he he gets it, he's not going to complain. So you know what? If he gets to go and see my grandma a little bit sooner, which is something that he really, really, really wants to do, you know what? I'm just going to let him live. I'm going to let him do his Um, own thing.
1: Elderly people aren't really the ones breeding new variants. You know, they're not really out there every night at clubs or on the front lines of like public facing um, service jobs and things like that. So that really is much more of like a more personal risk because when you're 93 years old, like, where are you going?
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's like anytime he goes anywhere, it's pretty much with the fam. but I can see what you're saying where it's when it comes to people that might be like heart, like, you know, getting the variant, transmitting the variant to other people as well. It's going to be people that are more willing to go out and do certain things. And especially with one thing that we absolutely love between probably the two of us, which is live shows and live music. It's mm-hmm. especially once the winter comes, instead of being at like, you know, these outdoor venues, these outdoor festivals, especially if you're more in the northern half of the United States, every show is going to be inside at a local venue or at an arena or something like that. So, there's going to be a lot of people packed in there and you're not sure who has a vaccine, who doesn't have the vaccine, and you're not necessarily sure who might have it, who might not have it. So I do see where there's a larger issue around that behind potential transmission yeah, to not only like here. maybe – and like maybe like if you're an, if you're a person and you get it, then what happens if you go home and then you have kids and all of a sudden your kids get it even though you might not be – have like very mild – you might have very mild symptoms or you might be asymptomatic. So I can totally see where the the mindset, where you're kind of coming from is really starting to, I'm starting to understand a little bit more. Yeah,
1: and it's also like, if this evolves more, like it already has shown that it does, then we could be back to a virus where the vaccine doesn't work and live music is gone again and we're in another lockdown and it's the same thing. And the industry is already... (laughs) Like barely coming back, you know?
0: I'll say, don't scare me. Don't take my live music away from <laughs> me. I finally got it back. And it's like every single week I'm going to a live show. I'm just like, this is final. It finally feels like home again. This finally feels great. I don't want to lose that again. No, 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 way. no, 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 no.
1: <laughs> I have a show planned and I'm just like, it's not even, it's not even announced yet. Um, And I really hope it happens. I'm not really in control of that, but I just always am thinking like, oh my God, like, in two months from now or three months from now, whenever it is, I think three months from now, it's like the entire world could be completely different.
0: It kind of goes back to like when we were just starting out with the whole entire pandemic as well, where when all of a sudden it was, okay, everything shut down. It's like, okay, you know, two weeks to slow the spread. Next thing you know, things didn't even start opening. Like everything was shut down. And then in certain places, things, especially here in Wisconsin, things didn't even start opening back up until like May. So it was like two months. And then the first concert I got to really see that was post-pandemic was July 10th, 2021. That was the first, like, big show, like, actually, like, show, like, with peop- a lot of people that I finally got to see. It was almost a year and a, it was, like, a year and five months later.
1: I haven't was, been to a concert scary. since February 2020.
0: All right, I got to ask, who did you go see?
1: Um, My friend's band, Camden Wells. Um, They're called the the boys in that band are now uh relaunched their old project called young rising sons but the singer um is producing my album and produced the last uh most of the songs in the last ep that i did
0: Alrighty, uh was it like a larger show was it a smaller show like h- like you how know, many people i just want to get a I like an idea behind it it
1: wasn't like really large but it wasn't Super, I'm trying to think of like it was at rough trade, so it's like a regular show space, but it is quite small. Um, I would say definitely less than 400 people, not sure less than 300, I don't know.
0: Already, it's so
1: hard for me to like. I went through Europe playing like all these shows (laughs) and stuff, and I was like, Wow, there's no one here, and my bandmates would be like, Um, that's what 3,000 people looks like, and I just have no concept.
0: okay totally understandable because i mean i like when it comes to the venues that i get to go seems like it's like there's one i went to go see it's like the the venue before like as the pandemic hit the first show i'd canceled was a show with bad omens and i was supposed to go see bad omens at this place and i was there right at the end of july and i was looking at the venue and i'm like how the hell was bad omens supposed to play here this place looks like it hold maybe at the max 400 i
1: know i was like i remember playing the show and i'm like cool like it's sold out. It's at the Webster hall basement. Like that means like 150 people came and they're like, um, that's like 400 people. (laughs) I'm like, I
0: don't know. But, but I mean, when it comes down to that aspect of it, from you, from a performing standpoint, it kind of gives you a little bit more of a like humbling aspect to it, to where even though you always think the crowd size is smaller than it actually is, It kind of is like, you know, you think it's one way, but then all of a sudden you see that and you actually realize that there are a lot more people than you think that are coming out to see the show and to support you and your band as well. So it kind of has to be like a little bit like of a humbling, but also uplifting moment when you realize that.
1: I mean, I'm obviously psyched.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'd say if you weren't, then there'd be a, I'd really question why.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I like can't even believe it. it. Like I hear that and then I'm like, okay, I guess, but in my head, I'm like, that's just not true.
0: Yeah. Cause even I remember, uh, well, it's kind of interesting just to see like how different music, um, how different music styles how different bands in different areas of the country, how they've up performing. Cause I've seen some shows. I think the, I, I like, I usually I'm stick around shows around the Midwest. So when it's like, if I ever have end up going to like, see, um, kind of like more of like an alternative artist somewhere, it's, I see the shows. It's like, okay, you know, the crowd size, it's a good crowd size. But then there's sometimes they go to some like rock and metal shows here where it's like okay you they would go out let's say maybe out to California or something, and they would go play venue, maybe you would get like fifteen hundred people at a venue all of a sudden they come here to Milwaukee and it's just like alright, they're playing at a venue that holds four thousand, and that thing sells out in like two days.
1: Whoa. that's crazy. It's so weird the way that like certain bands have more fans in like one state than the other. That's something I never was able to get my head around or crack like i could be like oh this city's kind of bad This city's kind of good like but i can never really understand why
0: i said you have you ever really like try to figure out why that is because i kind of have an idea behind that but i'm just not sure if you really kind of like conceptualize that and really thought about the reason behind that
1: i've tried to figure it out but i just like like it wouldn't it makes sense Like on East Coast, for like my band and a lot of the bands I know to do well because we're from the East Coast, it makes sense in LA just because of the sheer number of people who live there. And it makes sense in like Chicago because that's sort of like a hub. But there are other cities that you would think are hubs that are not and other cities that are hubs that you'd be like, what the heck? So I don't know. What's like your theory?
0: My theory is is just it all depends upon the culture of the area of the country as well because when you take a look at different spots around the country now i also want to be fair on this one when it comes to rock metal alternative pop country whatever genre it might be there's going to be fans in every aspect of the country, in every town, yeah. every city. But what we're talking about now is like, why are there more in some area, like a percentage basis than there are in others? And I think the reason is just because the way that the culture is so like why I end up seeing a lot more like rock and metal fans, especially around here in the Midwest is just because I think, a lot, I think a lot of people really associate that better with like, you know, going through these rougher winters, the kind of culture that brings out with some heavier, some more angry kind of music where I mean, you also see that sometimes and also you see sometimes hubs in Texas and especially Florida as well. Florida is just ridiculous when it comes to this, but like the Midwest and then like the upper part of the East coast, like think like the, you know, New York, Boston area. seen a lot of good, like, uh, more like that rock punk rock metal mm-hmm. metalcore kind of stuff come out of, but then as you kind of move to different areas of the country, like if you go like more like that Rocky mountain area, it's really not as big of a thing. And it's kind of gets more like that country vibe just because the culture really fits in with that sound. You go out to the West Coast, like Oregon, California, some more of that like alternative pop synthy kind of sound really works out because it fits in with the idea and the overall feel of the culture with more of like a relaxed, sunny kind of vibe in a way. Same thing if you go like more to the East Coast as well, if you kind of go further down South along the coast, because it just kind of has a little bit more of that feel to it. So it kind of is like, it kind of like is with the culture and then the music is a kind of like a, more of a representation of that culture. So that's why certain areas have different hubs. However, you can see different hubs in different places well out of nowhere, but it also just works upon the culture of the people that are around there, the culture of the city, the culture of the state, the culture of the area, and how the music is able to accurately reflect what's going on at that moment.
1: Where exactly are you based?
0: Milwaukee, Wisconsin.
1: Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And I always wondered too, was like New York and like the East Coast, um, at least, you know, the northern, like, New England area has such extreme seasons, if that plays into kind of it being a larger hub for a a wide variety of music, because, like, you know, for example, if you look at Taylor Swift, like, that album she just released was completely different than her other music, but it was so definitively like a winter album and she released it in like winter and I wonder if it has the same kind of feelings if you were in like say California where it's like just always kind of hot
0: see I think you're definitely onto something there just because especially when we look at music especially when I go deep and analyze music myself It's the first thing I always look at is what the meaning of the song is, trying to figure out what the artist is trying to say, what they're trying to portray, what emotion they're trying to put out there, and then see how the instrumentals and how the vocals also match up with that. And when you're living in different areas, the the culture of the area and the style of the the area that you're around is going to end up influencing that because you're going to be in a different mindset. So... It depends upon who you're talking to as well, because I've heard songs that really deal with some depression, anxiety, suicidal tendencies that have a lot more of like a lighter sound to them that personally, I just really don't get that much into. But I could see someone that's, you know, maybe grew up in a warmer climate where it's always sunnier. It kind of has a little more of a warm, soothing vibe where me it's, you know, I've grown up where in the summers when it gets hot and it gets humid, it's almost like you don't want to go outside because you're going to walk outside in five minutes. You're going to be sweating like crazy. But winter comes That's
1: where comes New York ar-
0: is now. I was going to say, that's what it is in Milwaukee right now. But like all of a sudden winter comes in, then we get those so-called polar vortexes and I wake up and I have to go to work and it's negative 30 degrees out in the morning.
1: I don't even want to think about a polar vortex again <laughs> as long as I live. I'm <laughs> being honest.
0: I've had to go through two of them in like the span of five years. And the first one I went through, I was in college for. So I had to walk everywhere. That was, that was I fun. I feel
1: like those, I mean in New York, they're not as bad as they are in Milwaukee, obviously. But I feel like in the winter, there's one every other month. It's just like, I, I never heard that word. And then all of a sudden i heard it like constantly everywhere. I guess that's climate change. I don't know. But I just remember one time we were touring and we were doing a full U S and it was at the end of March. So I was like, okay, there's like one week of cold weather before we're in the area where it's warm. And then by the time we get back, it will be spring and it'll be really hot. So I don't need to bring a coat. And then there was a freaking polar vortex in Chicago and I didn't have, like I had a jacket, but I didn't have like a down coat because we were traveling in a very like small van and we didn't want to bring those things if we didn't have to. And I was just so mad. The heat was not working that well in our car and we were just, under sleeping bags, just like so cold.
0: Oh no. Oh dear God. Would that have been when it happened in like 2014? Just kind of thinking yeah. about it because I remember that. I was in Minneapolis for that that time because I was up in school up there. So I remember how cold it got walking to class in negative like 30, 35 degree weather. And then, oh yeah, it's like it's middle of the day. What's the temperature? Negative 18.
1: That was awful.
0: It was, but but it's like when we get those extreme seasons and you kind of get that feeling of, you know, that, that potential cabin fever where you're stuck inside. You can't really go out and do much because it's so cold outside. And you just want to go out and do something. But, you know, you start feeling a little bit more of this anger, this anxiousness, a little more of this rambunctiousness behind it. And then when you listen to rock and metal, it's just the harder style of the rougher guitars, the rougher bass guitars, the. More focus on like the heavier snares and the heavy toms and the double bass kicks on the drums. And then you look into more like the metal metalcore side, death metal, where you get those unclean vocals to come in as well. It's just the feeling of that anger just really kind of like really fits in with more of that cold variety of that harsher winter. So people that really go through that end up associating with that better because... It's just they're making the connections with their own emotions within the music to where, again, it just depends upon what area you are in the country where it gets more prevalent. However, this isn't just where it's like, oh, if you like rock metal, you have to be in the Midwest. So you can be anywhere you want to be because it all depends upon how our minds really work within connecting to music.
1: Yeah, for me, I've never really felt a connection to most music that is just like overarchingly angry. I definitely, you know, there's a song here or there that I'm like, I, I relate to that a lot. But just like, especially in the winter, I don't know, I'm, I'm more like, I like loud, some loud albums. Like, um, I love Jawbreaker. And that is what Dear You, I think, is like the quintessential winter album for me, where it's like loud, like the guitars are loud, but the voice isn't loud. It's like sad with like the loud guitars. And I think that that is like such a good mix for me. Like right now, the loudest album, like the most angry album that I own is Olivia Rodrigo's new album. Like that is the angriest that I get. And that album is actually very, very <laughs> angry, <laughs> but not in the same way. It's like a quiet anger, like a sarcastic sort of like, oh, of course, you're such a dick, which I guess is my vibe more.
0: But that's just the beauty of music, though, because when it comes to different artists, they everyone goes through different things in life. So especially from an artist perspective, and you could probably attest to this, when you're putting things into your music, you're going to put more of your personal ideas into, you're going to put more of your personal emotions into it. And that's really going to come out in the song. And then mm-hmm. people that necessar- that people that kind of have gone through similar emotions, not the same exact things that you're really referring to, but the similar emotions that you're talking about. They're going to be the ones that really connect with that, which is why it's like when I listen to music, especially like when it comes to I'll bring up this one. I just recently did a podcast with a band called Polter Guys. They're a post-hardcore band. And they had a whole song about anxiety and really being like stuck within yourself and like trying to like break through that, but being having like troubles doing that. And they took in more of like a dance Gavin dance style of a post hardcore sound, which I mean, it threw me off completely. Cause like when it comes to my mindset, I have not mindset,
1: thought about dance Gavin dance in years. <laughs> All of a sudden,
0: I'm pretty sure right after this, you're going to end up listening to some dance Gavin dance. Yourself. It's like the floodgates <laughs> are open now. <laughs> But when it comes down to like that kind of a uh, message, I'm like, I really associate like a heavier, harder, more visceral vibe because they even built up to a breakdown Then they kind of had this like weird, funky kind of post like uh, like post bridge into the breakdown. I'm like, this does not make any sense, but it also but it does when we're talking about the meaning because it's like instead of just like beating down this anxiety and beating down this person you don't want to be. And then moving towards the positive it, they kind of looked at it as leaving it behind. So it all depends upon how your mindset really connects to the music and how it connects to the emotions behind it, where when it comes to you, it's like, you're not going to get into like the heavier stuff that I would get into because it's just the way that your mindset works. So you're going to get yeah. into something that's a little bit more, it's like, if it's going to be angry, it's going to kind of have like that sarcastic angriness behind it, where it's going to be, he- or you're going to have the heavier backing from some guitars and some drums, but the vocals are m- might be softer to kind of provide a little bit more of that sadder, kind of potentially sarcastic, a little bit more like distant feel at the same time.
1: I think I find loud music more interesting live than I do on a record.
0: I would agree with that because you can actually see the artist performing, you can actually really visualize them going through it.
1: Like I would never listen to a Slipknot CD ever, but I definitely saw them live and obviously it was amazing.
0: I can't wait to go see him in September. At least I hope (laughs) I get to go see him in September. I bought tickets for it because I'm like, I got to go see Slipknot at least once.
1: (laughs) I think everyone should, to be honest.
0: And it's like, I had something similar happen when, um, because, what band was it? I was at Rockfest up in uh, Cadott, Wisconsin for Rockfest 2021. My buddy, he really, really, really wanted to go see Bad Flower. He was like super stuck into it. And I'm just like. I keep
1: I, seeing that name around and I've never listened to that. I don't know anything about it other than the name.
0: The best one, I, I kind of, I made a video trying to like figure them out and like figure out my thoughts. And what I kind of figured out was like when it comes to their music, it kind of like it has this like rock music base, but it also brings in a lot of influences from like alt rock and indie rock at the exact same time as well.
1: Sounds like something I would like.
0: I think I think you would because at first I'm like I would like I'm like I don't think this is gonna be it for me. Then I saw half of their like the second half of their set live and I just was like, um, this is a lot better than I thought it was gonna be. But again, live music just has that power because you're actually able to see the emotion of the artist on stage and you're able to connect with it because instead of just hearing it and trying to kind of. Put it into your head and visualize it, you actually get more of a visual representation from the artist, from their movements on stage, from their facial expressions, from their body language, from everything.
1: I literally never thought after all of the years I spent just like constantly, not just touring, but like anytime. Like, once you start touring, you have like a ton of friends who are also touring. And so every time they come to your city, you go to their shows, and it's just like my entire life was just so built around my music. I literally never thought I would miss it. I actually, at the beginning of the pandemic felt relief where I was like, oh, I can take a break from this. I don't have to worry about it or think about it. And I just never thought that I would miss it like I do now.
0: I mean, I can I can understand that just because when you're so a part of something for so long and it's just, it's kind of seems like it's taking over your world in a way. In a way. You kind of do want to take a break from it at some point, but when it gets removed like it did with the pandemic and then all of a sudden you realize how much positivity it brought to your life, you kind of want it back.
1: Yeah, when you're doing it every day, you can just always see like the the negative stuff about it, you know, where you're like, I'm exhausted. I, It's like a lot of stress. It, it's a lot of money. All of those things. And you're like, oh, why am I even doing this? And then it's gone. And you're like, oh, no.
0: Yeah cuz yeah, I mean, I'm even like looking at it right now. I'm like my bank account is constantly telling me like stop buying concert tickets. But I'm like I remember what 2020 was like. Ain't going through that again. Yeah. <laughs> like I got a course correct for this.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Mariel, I also do want to go a little bit deeper in your music, especially with Bad X as well because I did take a look at the Good and Feeling Bad EP that you released in 2020 and Taking a deep dive look into it, the once I end up looking at the uh, titular song in much more of like a focus mindset than I did any other song, because I really wanted, I thought like, especially with that song being the most popular on Spotify at the moment, like I really wanted to dive deep into it and see kind of what is could it sound really? Like, uh, I believe it was.
1: That would make me feel really good if that's true, because I personally feel like that's my favorite one on the album and nobody recognized it, but maybe they have. <laughs>
0: Maybe they have already. So whenever I, like I said, whenever I go deep into a song, the one thing I always try and find out first is what's the meaning of the song? What's the emotion you're trying to put out through that song for it to kind of like guide us through this experience that is going to be good at feeling bad? So what was the intended message of good at feeling bad from your perspective?
1: I guess the intended message is, you know, not just me personally, but I feel like our generation has just gotten so used to living with shit like we're more anxious we're more poor we're more overworked we had the recession the pandemic now which i did not predict when i wrote that um but we've had all of these things that have made our generation a little bit more difficult than like say our parents' is. Um, in some aspects, not others. I mean, we're not like being forced to go to Vietnam, but they're still like terrible. It's just like, we're like the anxiety generation. And I feel like we've just gotten used to kind of existing with like the constant rounds of layoffs and the constant like student loan debt and just all of the bad things that happen where you're just like, I guess it's just whatever.
0: I kind of understand that kind of reminds me of uh, the rise against them. that came out in 2021 nowhere generation. Cause that whole album is based off. I mean, there's a song called nowhere generation where it talks about yeah. the generation that we're in right now, where it seems like, you know, we don't necessarily belong anywhere. No one really wants, especially it's like, you know, I do get the overwork part. I do get the fact that, you know, overwork underpaid, constant anxiety. It seems like there's always a problem right around the corner and it's just, there's never any time to really kind of get settled in. So it's kind of, we're always lost at that point. However, when it came to good and feeling bad, I think I took it in a little, like, usually I'm pretty spot on with these, but this one I took in a little bit of a different realm. So,
1: Where did you take it?
0: So I'm going to take a look at my note sheet. I said, when I took a look at it, the mean I thought about it was about getting used to the fact that life isn't going to be all sunshine and rainbows, that there are going to be some issues that come to make you feel less than you actually should. But instead of talking about like, instead of like focusing on feeling down about it, I thought the song talks about accepting that those things are going to happen, that life isn't going to be perfect, that life is flawed. And honestly, that's okay. And kind of focusing on more of like when the bad things happen, more of the positivity aspect of it. So when you are feeling bad, you kind of get good at feeling bad so that you don't have to feel bad. So you kind of look at more of the bright side of life, more of what's going on, you know, as more of a positive. So I guess it's kind of like, the second half of or like the like the potential end goal of the beginning that you initially had thought of, yeah,
1: I mean, when I'm in a positive mood, that's probably how I would describe the song when I'm not <laughs> in a positive mood, I would just describe it with you just learn how to deal with all the terrible things, but <laughs> I think you're you're correct, you know,
0: but I think that kind of brings a little bit more of a light to the potential impact of the song and the potential dare I say genius of the song, because depending upon your mindset, the song can have two completely different meanings behind it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I do talk about, yeah, you know, it definitely does have two different meanings, but that's like the thing, because I talk about like, you know, those voice, those negative voices in your head. Um, but also sometimes, you know, you could be like, deliriously positive about something that's not like, like clinging to a job that you're like, oh, this is like the job that they're overworking me, underpaying me. But I'm still like, I'm so psyched to be here. And that's like, don't, why are you listening to that? Like, go do something where they respect you, you know?
0: I'm kind of in that realm right now where it's like, <laughs> yeah, they, um, they're not paying me very well. And I have brought it up and they've kind of just completely deterred on that. So time to start looking for something else.
1: I know. I feel like our generation as a whole has been taught, like, we're just lucky to be there, even if we're not being paid or even if they're like abusing us at work in some sort of way that we're just lucky to be there. And now I think things are changing a little bit, at least with the uh, more minimum wage jobs where people are finally like, I don't have to take this. Like, why would I risk my life for $7 an hour when I could just stay home and pursue, you know, a passion that I could make a business or something like that. And that's why a lot of these like restaurants who don't treat their employees that well are like totally screwed.
0: Yeah. yeah, Cause I keep seeing somewhere. It's just, I keep seeing again, I'm gonna go back to Facebook for this one because I think this actually does bring up a little bit better a point. I keep seeing some, it's like people before the pandemic were always telling people in restaurants like, Oh, why don't you try and go after and get a better job instead of working at a restaurant? Well, now they did. And now you're complaining about it because these restaurants that you like to go to are understaffed. Oh, I wonder why.
1: Yeah. And I think my song, a little bit, the one thing about my song that I feel now in the place that I am that I don't necessarily agree with is like the just being complicit with being unhappy. And I think at the time that I wrote it, I, I just really felt like there was no way to really actually be fully happy and you just have to accept that you're just not going to be and just live your life as an unhappy person. And I don't think that that is necessarily the truth. (laughs) It's definitely not the truth.
0: (laughs) Oh, I know it's definitely not the truth because I've been to those points where, I mean, I've been to the point where I thought that I was never going to be happy. I thought, I mean, it, it was, it was bad. It was, it was horrible to the point where, I mean, I thought that, you know, right after college, I'm like, is this adult life where it's just go to work? Like they basically work you like crazy and then go home, watch Netflix, sleep and repeat over and over and over again. It's like, is this life? What the hell is this? That's
1: my life right now. But yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But, and then like everything on top of that, like everything else, my life kind of took a big downturn where things, I'm just going to say things were horrible, but then to try and get out of it, I'm like, well, how am I going to get out of it? All of a sudden I started trying to do something with music on my own. And then a podcast came out of it and I'm still rolling on it, and this is the like this is the thing that gets me going every single day. It's like if I get to do a podcast, even if it's like you know I'm really burnt out that day. Once all of a sudden I you know open up the Zoom call and I see that the person who I'm talking to, like yourself, Marielle, that you join the call, my energy will just skyrockets at that point. It just goes straight up. So I'm like, I know that this is what I want to do. I know this is what I got to go for. So I'm gonna pull out every single stop. I'm gonna pull out every single thing. I mean, even if I come up like, you know, potentially like, oh, I'm not making a lot of money off this right now. Yeah, I know that's not going to be the case, but I'd rather be doing something that makes me happy and I'm going to end up building up so that I can do this long term and make money off it and continue to do what I want to do in life and be happy instead of just playing it, you know, the way that society says I'm supposed to play it and sit at a desk all day at a corporate job and just do some like lifeless work to the point where, okay, now I'm done. Now I go home. Now I sit, now I watch, you know, whatever the hell's on Netflix. Now I go to sleep and I do it all over again. And then, and then like just like try and like pray for the weekend where I get two days just to do something. It's like, no, why, why would I take two days to do something? Why can't I get seven days a week to do something?
1: I completely agree with you. Like money only makes people happy to a certain extent. It's actually, there've been studies about it and the bar is actually not that high. Um, for how much stops making you happy. And I think that that's more because money makes things easy, but it definitely does not make people happy. And what makes people happy is utilizing their time in a way where they feel like they're connecting with people and utilizing what they believe is their purpose. And, you know, so you could work all day at, a corporate job. But if you're not really helping anyone or connected with the community in any way that you find valuable, you're just not going to... You're going to be miserable. And it's not worth it.
0: Oh, it's absolutely not worth it. I'd much rather have something where even if... I mean, from the first job I had out of college, I mean, I left there because I was just miserable, unhappy as all hell. And I left for something that was going to give me less money in the end, but it was going to be like, hey, this is going to be better for me overall. And when I told them I was quitting, they offered me an extra like $10,000 to stay on. And I just blatantly said, hell no. I just, I I wasn't going to stay, for, I was going to stay for money. I was not, I was not going to, I was not leaving because of money. I was leaving because it was, it was my unhappiness. That was the main reason. My happiness was the cost. And I was not willing to pay that anymore.
1: I got fired from my first job out of college and it was a horrible job. It was like, I did all the things that I was supposed to do um i had all these like you know i went to college to be a writer and to be a musician i had all these writing internships i interned at the best record labels like the biggest record labels the biggest magazines i graduated and got my magazine job and the people there were just having me do horrible things like spamming other people's pages as part of the social media strategy and things that just went against like my morals of like how to run a company, um, or how to like present yourself online, and how to build an audience that trusts you. Um, it just went against everything that I feel is okay. Like I don't feel okay deceptively spamming people and deceptively signing people up for mail, like those kind of things. And um, it was horrible. Like I was bullied by the people there, and. I just was finally made it my mission to get them to meet with me so I could quit. I stopped answering. They, and they kept, they knew I was going to quit and they kept moving our meeting in which I was going to quit at because they knew I was going to quit. And um, so I was just like, you know what, I'll just stop answering all my emails and they have to meet with me and then they fired me. But because I got fired, I think two weeks after I played a festival and with my band and I was like, you know what, this festival's really big. Like, I think we can do something here. And so we went on a tour and then all of a sudden I noticed all of these people were singing the songs that I had written and I'm like, how do they know who I am? They already know, like, and so being fired from that job essentially made it possible for me to pursue the music career I've had where I've done just so many amazing things.
0: Yeah, cause I mean, with your music career you've traveled to Europe, you've toured all around Europe, you've toured all around the United States. And, I mean, you know, you did that with candidates. You got to ban Bad X now. And, I mean, once the pandemic's over, I'm assuming that's... Best X. Bad, My God, I am so sorry. Oh, my Lord.
1: Bad Ugh. Love is this was a single. So, I see I, where you overlap there.
0: I've, I, I am incredibly sorry for that. I am... I, I usually never get these wrong, and I was looking right at my note sheet, too, and it has <laughs> Best X on there, and I completely I know, no, messed I, it I up. I know, I know.
1: It's because um the the single that we first released, the one that's, like, all over, is Bad Love, and it's just, like, two syllables, you know? Like, it's so easy. I've done that myself.
0: Okay, so now I don't feel as bad. Ooh, thank <laughs> God. But, I, I mean, I totally understand what you're saying as well, and it's just something where When it comes to listening to good and feeling bad, it does bring forward some of that to where, again, as a generation that we're in right now, we're used to all getting all this shit. We're used to the fact that every time we get close to something that whoever is, you know, kind of like the gatekeeper of it is constantly moving the goalposts further and further away. Mm -hmm. And it's getting to a point where a lot of people are looking at that and just like they're moving the goalposts further and further away. All of a sudden, it's like the people that keep moving are going to look back and all of a sudden, wait, why aren't they there? because we left and we went to go do something else
1: Hmm, that's exactly it
0: and one thing like especially when i went through the song especially because it does have more of this like pop synthy kind of vibe to it which again like i'm not gonna lie my base is really in hard rock punk rock mm-hmm. metalcore and now really getting into post hardcore as well it's I'm like i knew right from the get-go i'm like this might not necessarily be the sound for me but i want to dive deep and i really want to get to understand it due to the fact that I know there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be able to connect with the sound better than I do. So I want to see where those connections can possibly be made. Because like right from the get-go on the song, right when you intro with the heavy, more modern out of the song where also has like a softer pop element for it. I was kind of intrigued by it because I know kind of where more of that popularity that sound is really coming from. So I'm feeling like especially within the generation that we're in right now, it's going to kind of give that certain mindset of kind of, kind of uh, more taking a look and reflecting on, the stuff that's been happening to you in the world as you've been growing up from the listener's perspective, it kind of already puts you in that mindset right from the get-go.
1: Yeah. That intro that you're talking about was a weird one for me because um, my producer had laid down some stuff before I got there and was like, yo, what do you think about this? And, you know, it was um, good, (laughs) obviously it was good. And um, it was just like, you know, with guitar and bass and like, what we kind of normally do, like a synth or whatever. And I um, I walked in already knowing I wanted to do this though. So he played me this thing and I was like, oh, this is great, but I know you do all this work, but let's delete everything and have it only be trumpets and horns. And then we could build it from there. <laughs> and he was like, um, okay. And that's how we got like the the basis of the intro
0: interesting i had no idea that that was going to be the case but that i mean it, <laughs> why not try something different why not try something wacky because you never know what might come out of it if you try something and you work on it and you get the final product before actually like release it to the public and you just don't think it doesn't work then at least you know one thing that it didn't work and you can go back and start it over again and trying something else but if it would if it hits yeah then the phone keep back rolling this is
1: arrangement it. which was like the the choice that was the choice that would be obvious if i was like Arrange this song for my band it, w- it was a choice that's like that makes perfect sense that's good you know but then i was like nope let's just do something completely different
0: yeah it's like with my python now for something completely different so, boom here we I, go. I was
1: like in that i don't know if you've ever seen walk hard where they're like that one scene where he's like ten thousand didgeridoos i was like that Both trumpets <laughs> <laughs>
0: Alright, I feel like I'm gonna promote this podcast. I'm gonna to have to get that scene from Walker. It's 10,000 Digiredus, but I'm gonna end up like dubbing like trumpets over it and then like pasting like um a bunch of pictures of or no, I'm gonna end up getting like the Spongebob bikini bottom bubble bowl thing with the when they start out with uh yeah, with the uh the uh, shoot, I can't remember the name of the song, but all of a it's, like they have the trumpets going like Burr, just like put that in there and then put your song over. It. I might do something like that just for the hell of it, man. Just that's like, wait, why the hell is that a case? Well, you have to watch a podcast to find out, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but then like even like going into like the verse of the song as well, because you kept that synth in there, but it drops back while well, this like softer piano and a consistent rather simple drum pattern behind it really takes the focus on the snare at that point. And one thing that really kind of intrigued me on that was because that synth does create more of this like mentally filled feel in your head. It creates emotion that your mind is full and it might not be working perfectly to handle all the situations around you in the best capacity due to the fact that, again, the goalposts are always being moved back. We're always worried about, you know, what's going to happen because when we were growing up and we were, you know, more like in that like teenager realm or just like getting into like going to college or starting out becoming adults, that's when the recession hit. And then all of a sudden it seemed like things might be starting to be okay a little bit more, you know, then all of a sudden different things are going on, different things with global warming, different like natural disasters, and then a pandemic. So it's kind of like we're kind of like our heads are always filled with these preconceived notions that, you know, potentially bad things are going to happen at any given moment. And instead of being like, oh, they might not happen. Our our question in our generation is, all right, when's this shit going to happen?
1: Yeah, I think that's one of kind of the, at least for the way I was feeling when I wrote it, it was one of the most depressing bridges that I've written because I feel like. You know, I was thinking of the idea of like different metals where it's like silver and iron are essentially the same color, but they're like totally different. And everyone's always like, you know, look for the silver lining. Like there's always a silver lining something. And you're just like, you know, what if there just isn't? And that just like all this stuff makes you tough, but you're just tough and miserable, which is exactly how I felt at the time. And now I feel less tough and less miserable, so I don't know which is better.
0: <laughs> well, you like with your vocals on like that verse part as well, because they had like a slight uptick in pitch that I really kind of picked up with, and it created more of this like soothing feel. The vocals to kind of bring up this idea of starting to accept that, and like where I was taking the song, starting to accept that you know bad things are always going to be mm-hmm. a part of life, but it, was, and it kind of opened up the idea to accepting that fact to that you know, not necessarily worry about them as much or put necessarily as much stock in them due to the fact that we only have one life to live. So why live life with all, why live life focusing on the negatives and like all this anxiety, let that kind of control your mindset in terms of living life for, you know, maybe taking a look at like what kind of what you said in a little bit earlier, like look at that silver lining to kind of just, you know, pick out some of the positives in there and really start to enjoy life. Kind of like, Oh shit! I just was watching this movie, kind of like yes man, where it's like you just start doing that, and all of a sudden it's just you start doing that. You force yourself to do that, and then you're doing it because you want to do that. It becomes natural, and all of a sudden you're opening yourself, your mind up to other positivities, other opportunities. You know,
1: I did try to yes man myself when I was younger.
0: You did? Um,
1: Yeah, because you know I've always been a very anxious person who's just like if someone asks me, "Oh, do you want to do this?" and it's last minute, I'm like, "No, I need like." Like, four days to think about if those are the plans that I want and, like, if I'm going to feel like I'm stuck there and then be miserable and then, like, I I just say no to, like, so much stuff. Like, my immediate reaction when someone asks me a question is just no, no, whatever it is, no. Um, so I decided when my band started touring, like, and playing, you know, really good shows that, like, it was the prime for me to just say yes to things because I was already so out of my comfort zone having left home. Like I, when I grew up, I genuinely believed I did not need to, know. this is the most ignorant thing I'm ever going to say, but I genuinely believed that I hated traveling and I, I didn't need to know what the States were in the U S like the map that we had to learn because I was never going to leave New Jersey except when I went on vacation to Florida. And those are probably the only two States I would ever go to. So why would I need to know where anyone else, like where any other one was? And so, of course, as an adult, I found myself, one, never knowing where I was because I did not really properly learn the US map, and two, um, being like all over the place. So I really thought to myself when when I started talking like that, like, you know, this is something that I always thought my life would never be this way. And so I'm just going to start saying yes to stuff.
0: And yet, yes, man, it shows the power of that own movie because even like when I was growing up to like in high school, like I, like my sophomore, junior year, especially the beginning part of my junior, I never really did anything. People asked me to do stuff. I always said no. And like I lost my best friend essentially over the course of a couple of years because guy was always asking me to do stuff and I was just always being boring and said no. And then one day all of a sudden I saw him like I was running around the neighborhood. I saw him on a run. He asked me to go for a walk and I just said, sure, screw it. Why not? Let's just finish this out. And then next thing you know, like the next like year, year and a half, anytime he asked me to do anything, I basically was the yes man. It's like, Hey, you want to go do this? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. And he's like, yeah, you're basically my yes man at this point. (laughs) And I looked and I thought that kind of actually was a good thing because now it's there's certain things where it's like, if I just want to go do them, I'll just go do them. I mean, that's what, that's what helped me like go to so many concerts because I just started going to them by myself. It kind of is nerve wracking a little bit, like at the first point, because it's like, oh my God, I'm going to a live show and I don't know anybody. Now it's like I prefer to go to live shows myself because I can just talk with with whoever I want to. I can just get into random conversations with people. I get to meet all these different people. And it doesn't feel like I have to like kind of go and babysit somebody at the same time as well. And I never would have done that if it was, you know, I was kind of like always saying no to opportunities. Because then instead of starting to say yes to opportunities to other people, that kind of forced me to also then learn to say yes to myself.
1: I feel that way about eating at restaurants where when I first moved to Brooklyn, I didn't really have that many friends here. And especially not that many friends like in my immediate area who have the same weird freelance musician schedule that I had. And if I wanted to go eat or try a restaurant, I basically had to myself, like my friends would cancel. They were like very flaky. And which is just like such a New York thing to just be persistently flaky because you get overwhelmed with like how much you have to work to just afford to even breathe in this state. Um, so I got so used to eating at restaurants by myself that, you know, when restaurants opened again, after like the last lockdown or whatever and like going out to brunch was an option and like i now had a boyfriend or whatever i was like oh wait i can't just go by myself like there's i have to like ask him like do you want to come like i never even like it didn't even cross my mind that people went to brunch with like other people except (laughs) if it was like a special occasion like a birthday or something
0: Oh my god, that is... I kind of just like thinking about it when you're talking about that, because it kind well, of... Well, especially because when
1: we were touring, like, too, my bandmates wouldn't want to, like, eat at the same time they were doing other stuff, they were, like, setting up their drum kit or, like, whatever, so I'd be like, ah, I'm just gonna go, and so I just got so used to that.
0: Yeah, and I kind of going to even bring it back to good and feeling bad, because in the pre course I remember the... Li- I don't remember the lyrics exactly, but it was, like, all my friends on like, in the corner getting high or something like that. Yeah. And... I actually really associated with that because I remember this was back when I was, you know, like, this is my uh, summer between my senior year of high school, my freshman year of college, and my summer between freshman and sophomore year of college. All the friends I hung out with at, like, my senior year of high school, all of a sudden, it was every time I'd go over by them and go and do stuff with them, it was, all right, let's go do this. All right, dad, they're going to smoke first, and next thing you know, they're high high off their asses. They're sitting on the couch watching TV, and it's just like, okay, when are we going to go do this? Oh, we don't feel like doing more. I'm like, what the hell? So it got to, it got to a point where I'm just like, instead of doing stuff with them, it's like, and I kind of, and I was feeling bad about it too, just because it was, I was always going over there because they were my friends. I wanted to hang out with them, but I was feeling bad at the same token because I want to go out and do all this stuff. And they were like, yeah, let's go out and do it. Then they'd go get high and then they wouldn't want to do it. Now I'm like, I'm getting good at feeling bad about myself. I'm like, you know Mm -hmm. what, let's change this up. I'm going to get so good at feeling bad where I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to use this motivation to I kind of stopped hanging out with them for a while, honestly, because I'm like, you know what? This is boring. I'm going to go and do and focus on some other things. Next, you know, I'm going off doing a bunch of other things. When it comes to concerts now, it's like I'm going by myself. Hell, it kind of feels good at in a way.
1: Yeah, I think it feels really good. I love just the peace of like being alone. And I mean, I feel like I've lost that a little bit because during the pandemic, people always talk about you know, the isolation that they're in and we're all isolated, but most of us are in this like sort of weird form of isolation where we're like supremely isolated, but we're also like literally never alone. And I think that actually feeds feelings of like greater isolation when you're just like trapped inside a home with like just the same people. And it's almost like a bubble of like where the outside world becomes so a parent because you're in this place with trapped with others. Whereas like if I was by myself literally anywhere, I would never even I would never even think about it.
0: Yeah. And then like even like to add on to that as well, because this is even with when I was at Rockfest in, in Wisconsin in 2021, that night I went to my I was end up seeing Bad Fuck my friend kind of like forced me into it. It was something where we, there was a group of eight of us and we were supposed to go see uh who we were supposed to we were all gonna go see crowbot. But then all of a sudden it was like one person left to go back to the campsite. And then these other four people went back as well. And it was me, my buddy, Chris and his wife, Allie. And they're just like, well, what are we going to do? I'm like, you know what guys, I came here to come see some live music. This is my mindset. Like, I came to see some live music. I want to see as much as possible. I'm going to make that happen. And I kind of looked at him like, I would love to have you guys come like, come for the ride with me. But if you don't want to, I totally understand. And all of a sudden it was, I went to go see a band called throw the fight out there from Minnesota. and. Then Corey Taylor was gonna be on the main stage, and I walked over to where everyone usually would uh, watch the main stage acts for in our group. And there are Chris and Ali. They're like, "Hey, where were you?" I'm like, "Well, I'm here. I'm, I was talking to guys so fine. I'm here now. Let's have some fun." <laughs> then we went. Then I had to run back to camp to drop something off. They went to go to watch Badflower. I met them back at Badflower. Then we all went to go watch Limp Biscuit together. And not like we had a we had one hell of a time. It was so much fun, and it was just somewhere like it, you know. I'm, I kind of looked at where it's like, I got so used to just feeling bad at some point. Like I just kind of, you said, you know what, I'm going to use this as motivation to start doing things for myself and like feeling good about it. And now I love kind of also having my friends come along for the ride as well and kind of see that, you know, if you kind of want to go do something in terms of like, you know, go to a concert or go out to brunch by yourself or just go to a movie by yourself, whatever it might be, just go and do it. What's the worst that could happen?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the key to like being happiness is, like being happy is being, learning how to sit with yourself, you know, cause I think a lot of times it's so easy to wrap yourself up and other people or doing things with other people or always being busy um, and avoid, you know, the sort of inner turmoil you might have, but when you're by yourself whether you're by yourself watching a show or sitting in a restaurant or whatever it is, you kind of can't escape that. And once you learn how to sit with that, I feel like people do get happier.
0: That's kind of what I've noticed in a lot of like my friends around now as well, where it's, they've kind of started to just like not really focus on, you know, what everyone else is trying to do or whatever else is thing. It's like, they've kind of also kind they enjoy spending time with others but we've we've also found a way to really enjoy time by ourselves as well, and doing things by ourselves or with like a smaller group of people. To the point where now it's like you know if my like I'll bring my friend Chris and Ali up for uh, as an example, they want to go to concert with me. I'm like hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> I mean I'm like blue and blue are just happening out in Virginia. I'm more than I can't believe it, but I'm actually getting to go out to see that be for that for four days of the festival with them, with two of my closest friends. I'm like this is gonna be freaking awesome, and it's something where. You know, maybe go back five, six years ago. Would we have done something like that? Probably not. But now it's like, you know what? Let's go do this. This is going to be fun. I as miss festivals. Hell. There, there. You, you got, I'll put it this way. Hopefully you're able to get to go to one and perform at one because when the, yeah. just the emotion behind him with live music back is incredible.
1: I know the ones around here that I was interested in going to. I just can't because it's my brother's wedding um, on the same day. So maybe next time around, I just miss
0: yeah. festivals so much. But now that they're back and hopefully they stay back, you know what? Let's just enjoy live music as much as possible. And before I, before we kind of let you go, cause I know you got your your uh, dinner probably arrived and I don't want it to get too cold. <laughs> when it comes to good at feeling bad, I always do like kind of like a little bit overall synopsis of it. And like I said earlier, when it comes to the overall tone and style of the song for me personally, because I again, like that rougher, harder, kind of more brash in your face style, the more like pop, synthy, kind of like, you know, pop rock kind of feel in this song, alt rock feel as well, indie rock kind of like, it doesn't necessarily hit with me. But I have to give credit where credit is due because you create a song that really works well and that pops and that makes you understand that everything in life is not perfect and accepting that fact and taking solace in the happiness of your life and really trying to focus on that really has a powerful message that is focused on here, especially with the lyrics going from that pre-chorus to chorus, especially the way I took it.
1: Thank you so much. That is like such a compliment. I love when people who like my old band used to be on bridge nine and obviously we are not a hardcore band. I was never in any hardcore band. And so when people who just exclusively listen to like, you know, loud music and like loved hardcore or metal or whatever, when they would like our band, I was like, Thank you. <laughs> like, it, was, it means so much more when people are like, you know what? This is good. Even though it's not my deal. It means the, a lot.
0: Yeah, because that's where I was like, even though this isn't my deal, I have to give credit where credit is due. <sighs> and when it comes to really connecting with the emotions and the styles of the song to really bring forward that meaning, especially with, the, again, I think the biggest thing is for me personally, it's where the lyrics go from that pre-chorus into the chorus, just because I've kind of felt like that at that point. So I totally understand that it really brings out a lot of positivity for me. So even like, we listen, I kind of, I did get a, like, listen, I'm like, I did kind of smile through this. And when I was actually writing up this like review of my, of uh, the song, I'm like, you know what, this really does work well in terms of really bringing that out there. And I'm pretty sure a lot of other people have gone through something similar as well that I have done where I associate with the song. But they also associate heavier with the kind of style of music that you created. So this is something that they could really latch onto.
1: Thank you so much.
0: So, Mariel, as we close out this podcast, I, l- I always like to give you, the artists that I have in the podcast, a chance to say anything you want to say. Plug whatever you want to plug at the end of the episode. So, Mariel, the floor is yours.
1: Well, I don't have new music out now, but I am writing it and recording it. So you can follow me on Instagram at bestxnj and get all the updates.
0: And well, so now it's my, I guess it's my turn then. But instead of just like looking that up on Instagram, here's what we're going to do. When it comes to finding anything, when it comes to best X, when it comes to just being able to listen to their music, stream their music, really get behind the band as well, get behind Mariel as well. Instead of just searching all this stuff up, wouldn't it be easier if I just put it in the description of the podcast with like find best X online and yeah. then just having like all the links right there because you guys know that's what i do so yeah i'm making it as easy as possible on you guys i'm not you know gonna make it harder so make sure you go follow best x on everything possible i'm gonna have a link in the description below or yeah links in the description below the podcast here on youtube or and description on Spotify podcast i hurry you know, you're just gonna have to do a one click one stop shop bing bang boom making it easy on you guys amazing and Thank now you. the second thing Now, Mariel, whenever I have a guest that I enjoy having on the podcast, I do like to make a certain promise because I love having guests on the podcast. I love being able to talk to as many different artists as possible, and I want to be able to sort of like repay that in a way. So this promise has been made to 100% of the guests that I've had on this podcast. (laughs) And Mariel, you have not broken that streak. So the promise is this. This is not an if. This is not an if. This is a when I get to see Best X perform live for the first time. This is a when. So it's going to happen at some point. My promise to you is this. First round's on me.
1: Oh, thank you. Well, hopefully we'll come through Milwaukee soon.
0: If you do just, and if I for some reason I mit, I just don't see it right away, just let me know, and I'll be like, okay, gotta make move my schedule. All right, let's move this here, 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 <laughs> here. Pull like that whole entire like Tony Stark like holographic are like okay, let's start moving stuff around. Okay, we're gonna open the whole schedule up. Bing bang, bang <laughs> we're ready to go. So on that, Omariel, no I cannot end this podcast, all unconscious by saying goodbye because that is way, way, way too final. Feels like this is never gonna happen again because. Talking music with you, talking to different like concepts behind the song with uh, Good and Feeling Bad, along with different mindset things in terms of how people in different areas, especially in the United States, associate with different kinds of music. I love going deep in this stuff. I'd love to have you on the podcast again to dive deeper into some of this stuff, and especially when you have new music out as well, to even dive deeper uh, dive deeper into that. I can't end this with a goodbye because, well, that's too final. So I'm going to end it with this. See you later.
1: We'll do this again. Yes. <laughs>
0: Whoa, well, 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 folks, I'm here with Mariel from the band Best X. Again, if you want to check out all their stuff, you've got a little bit more of that like pop, pop simp, if you kind of feel a little bit adventurous on that realm, go check out their stuff when it comes to their socials, if you can find their music on YouTube, or you can stream all their stuff as well. I will have everything in the description of this podcast for you, whether you're watching it on YouTube or listening to Spotify, the podcast on our radio. So go give her stuff a follow with Best X, go stream it, go give it a chance, because... Heck, even if you listen like listen to straight like rock and metal and stuff, just listen to the words, really try and connect it because hell I was able to. And you saw the conversation we had. You heard the conversation we had. It was totally worth it. Remember to follow MSOTD Rocks and everything. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can watch the core progression podcast videos. And you can also listen on Spotify Podcast and hurry Remember to subscribe, like, share, you know, tell your friends about it. In the future, though, clicking towards 2022, I believe that we're going to end up becoming a lot more podcast-oriented, maybe potentially exclusively podcast-oriented as well. Not 100% sure yet, but there is definitely going to be a guarantee that this is going to be more podcast-oriented. I'm not sure to what degree. I also want to thank our sponsor, Phoenix Fitness, as well. Remember, go to fnxfit.com. You get 15% off your entire order by using discount code MSOTD at checkout. I want to thank Phoenix Fitness for that one. But on that note... to be free guys thank you much for much listening to the card progression podcast brought to you by msot rocks rock and metal thrive my name is kevin and you guys know how i and every single one is up the big healthy and hearty See ya! yeah yeah